Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquisel Presidente. <laughs> we'll get things going this morning. Let me tell you what. Snowy day here in the Midwest in Indianapolis, Indiana, where we flagship uh, from the high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. We have a lot to talk about today. Well, you know, we always have a lot to talk about because that's what we do here. But Today, we're going to really kind of dissect. Maybe we're going to overthink things, and maybe we're going to overlook. Maybe we're just going to just just break it down to the, to the smallest, finite. Andrew Luck, quarterback with the Indianapolis Colts, finally decides to talk to the media yesterday, and I honestly don't know what to, to get from that. 917-889-8516 is my digits if you want to give me a – a ringy-ding-ding, and let's talk about the Colts. Let's talk about whatever's on your mind as far as sports goes. But I, I am left perplexed, at, to say the least. I listened to Andrew Luck, and I think everybody was really anticipating a lot to be said. And I get he can't say a lot and so forth and this and that and the other. What I don't understand is we spent 20 minutes, and maybe maybe this is just me. Maybe I and we'll get thoughts from Ed Kratz, our official uh, NFL contributor, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, the USA Today, professional expert and uh, opinion. We'll also be talking to Rick Riggin uh, from down in Evansville, our official college football contributor, but. Uh, we're going to be talking about that Ohio State game last night, too. And then we'll talk with Mo for the BS Sports Show. So we'll get some thoughts and we'll get some opinions on that subject yesterday. My thought was, and maybe, maybe you know, you get all worked up about things and then you, you, you wait and you hope and, and you think that things will come together. 
and then they don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know if we had our hopes built up too far for uh, Andrew Luck in the press conference, or were we hoping to hear more than what we did? I think what happened to me was we had, you know, it was kind of a big tease to me. I mean, did we get anything from that press conference? I I just, I don't know. We know he went to the Netherlands. We know he feels like he's going to be good to go next year. We kind of were able to find out a little bit about his low points. But were we really able to dissect or get from that press conference? Were we really able to understand Andrew Luck and where he's at? And I think that's what the media wanted to hear, or maybe that's what I wanted to hear. Was Andrew Luck, tell us where you're at. Now, what he did was he told us where he's at without telling us where he's at. So if we're we're to go at face value, he went to the Netherlands for uh, eight weeks or so, and uh, on his own, on his own accord, his own expense, um, to see some doctors over there. Now, I guess there's some things they can do that can't be done here in the United States. Are we worried about another procedure? Because I tell you what, if we if we see Andrew Luck going through another procedure, air quotes, I got my panic button right here. I got it right here. I'm ready to push it. I've been hesitant about pushing that panic button. But I got it cocked and loaded. Oh, I did cock. I know, too early for the male juvenile jokes. But uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Okay, what, what, what can I say? Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six is my digits, and you know. So we'll get into all that. And um, also, if you're not following us on social media, well, first of all, get a life. And second of all. <laughs> That's probably why you're not following us, because you do have a life. Uh, second of all, uh, make sure that you go to Twitter or Facebook. Now, everybody's on Facebook. Now, maybe everybody's not on Twitter, you know. Uh, but this is the one place where fanatics, fans, you, me, can come together and talk about their favorite teams. The Balance brings you an analytical breakdown of sports from a fan's point of view. We are. We bring you breaking news, commentary. Uh, you know, an analytical point of view. Do we stretch that word analytical a little bit? I think so. I think so. Probably. <laughs> but hey, we have a great time with it. Anyway, you want to make sure that you follow us on Facebook. And on Twitter, we have our whole family of Twitterers. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is my digits. We'll be right back right after this on the Balance Radio Network. Hey, let's get this party on 
forgive. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new beat-up fast-break lunch menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquisell, Presidente. You'll be paying homage to me, oh, for the next uh, hour and a half or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, as I guide you through this world of sports. We're kind of talking, and we'll wait till we can talk to – we've got Matt Hicks joining us here from 1070 The Fan, uh, the flagship station for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, – we're going to talk with him a little bit about Andrew Luck. What did we get from that press conference? And I know we got more other stuff to talk about. Obviously, the Ohio State game, do we really need to talk about that? Uh, but, hey, uh, maybe we, we need to have that conversation on whether or not they should have been in the playoffs, uh, especially with the complete domination that they did against the Trojans, the USC Trojans last night. I missed that game. I was otherwise occupied, but I missed that game. <laughs> but and we're talking about some of the other college games. But what I, I, I kind of – I don't know if I want to make it the focus point in the show. I just want to 
know, I just want to find out what did we find out from Andrew Luck. I mean, it seemed like, it felt like he got up there and he went through the motions of talking to the media. It felt like he didn't want to talk to the media. It felt like that maybe, you know, he'd rather be somewhere else. Maybe he'd rather be back to the Netherlands. I mean, what went on over there? I don't know. It just he just looked like he was beat up and tired and exhausted. I get it. It's the end of the season. Chuck Magano looked the same way. I mean, Mike Chappell asked him, what, three different ways, three different times about how he felt about his future? I think he knows what his future is with the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I think we all know what the future of the Chuck Pagano with the Indianapolis Colts are. It's just uh, one of those things that I guess the media's got to do their job. But I, at least I get it from his perspective, and I get it from Andrew Luck's perspective as well. I mean, let's let's not kid each other. I mean, it's it's got to be excruciating to not be able to uh, be out there with your team uh, and, and see the loss after loss after loss after loss after loss. And you know what? We've been let, let's let's give credit where credits due is where credits due with to Jacoby Brissett. You talk about somebody stepping up and, and really carrying the carrying the helm. Did he win every game? Well, hell no. Obviously, is he a backup quarterback? Yeah, he is. Okay, that's he did his job right. I mean, he did his job. Let's give credit where credits due. At the the end of the day, the Colts may have lost, and I know that what really matters is W's and L's in in what's in what column, the win column or the loss column. But the Colts, I mean, when you look at these games, now they found a way to lose. They did, okay? So I'm not making justification, but I'm not doing the hot take kind of thing like, oh, we got to – we got to be on this hate the Colts bandwagon. Why? Why? And, and you know we we're, we're talking about the Colts obviously because we flagship from Indianapolis, Indiana, and that's our that's our team, our the Balance Home team. But at the same time, it's it's pretty na- big national news. I mean, what's going to happen on Monday? Black Monday, as the as they call it. We know what's going to happen here in Indianapolis, and and certainly when we talk to Ed Kratz here in just a little bit, we'll talk in more detail about that. The hot seat, Colts have the Texans coming up, wrap up the season. It'd be great to get a win. Be great to get a win. I think they can. So, I just I don't know what we got from Andrew Luck yesterday. Maybe I'm just being over, you know, I mentioned this week, I was like, I'm tired of hearing the jib-jab. And somebody goes, what do you mean by jib-jab? Well, what I mean by jib-jab, I'm tired of hearing the talk from over there at West 56th Street here in Indianapolis, where the Colts Complex is. I'm tired of hearing the talk. As my my, uh, grandpa used to say, Proof's in the pudding, son. Well, proof's in the pudding. Andrew Luck says he's going to be back. 
Andrew Luck says he's going to be ready to play. And I'm certainly not wishing any, I, I, I don't think he lied to us per se yesterday. I just don't think that he gave us any information. I mean, I think all of us could sit here and say, yeah, Andrew Luck will be back next next year. If not, we're going to push the panic button. I mean, what what was he going to say? Was he going to say, I'm not coming back next year? Was he going to say, I retire? No. So we kind of got what we knew he was going to do. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's it's just me. It's just uh, me. Uh, but... I don't know. Maybe you watched the press conference. I wish that I had gotten the sound bites for it. I did not do that. I'm a bad host, I know. But I just wish that we would have gotten more from that press conference. I went into it wanting a lot. You know, it's like going to uh, – I was going to use a different uh, metaphor or a different description, but I'm going to go in a different direction. It's like going into a steakhouse. I was going to use the, you know, like the, the tease of a prom date. But uh, <laughs> but it's like going into a steakhouse, and like I've heard great things about the steakhouse. I've heard that they have the best steaks. I've heard they have the biggest steaks. I, I've heard that, and I'm willing to pay the price. So I pay the price for this big, yummy steak coming my way. And what do I get? Not a big steak. And yummy, no, but mediocre, maybe. Have we paid for a big steak out at West 56th Street? Are we expecting something yummy that's not yummy? (laughs) I mean, is that where we're at? So, look at the thoughts of Ed Kratz, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll get the thoughts of uh, Rick Riggin and Mo, but Mo from the Be a Sports Show. But I just wonder. Again, I'm probably overanalyzing, overthinking, and I do have a habit of doing that from time to time. But I just. Uh, Well, that was weird. I'm back, by the way, guys. <laughs> it's like we just totally just went blank. So, anyway, um, we're hoping to try to connect with Matthew Embry, uh, our uh, open wheel contributor, our racing contributor. But I don't know that we're going to be able to today. Anyway, so Matt Hicks from uh, 1070 Fans is going to be joining us here in about 10 minutes or so. And we're going to talk more about this Andrew Luck thing. I mean, yeah, are, are we overthinking it? Are we over talking it? Are we over? Are we over doing it? Maybe, probably, because why? Because it's one of the biggest stories going on right now. But we want to talk about the the college football. Uh, I mean, not college football. I'm sorry, the NFL hot seat. The coach's hot seat, we're going to be talking about that as well. 
So USC and Ohio State do battle in an epic uh, after the the epic coin flip uh, fail, if you will. <laughs> you know what? Talking about the bowl games, did you guys see uh, what what bowl? We have so many bowls going on. Anyway, uh, I think it was Texas A&M. Anyway, the the Gatorade dump didn't happen to like midfield during the handshake. I think that's the first time ever that we've seen a <laughs> losing coach get the Gatorade. So, again, we're talking about Andrew Luck, 917-889-8516 is my digits. We're talking about Andrew Luck because he had a press conference yesterday, and, and, and I don't mean to make it the focus point and the focal point of our show today. But I do want to spend some time digesting it and talking about it and understanding, is it just me? Am I the only one that's sitting here scratching their head saying, what? What you just say? We know you want to come back. I mean, okay. I don't know. 917-889-8516 is the digits. Give me a call. Give me a -a (laughs) ring-a-ding-ding. We were hoping to connect with Matthew Embry, and I apologize we weren't able to do that. We're going to talk about the Rolex uh, 24. You know what? We're coming up on New Year's. This This is the last show of the year, guys. This is it. We better make it count. <laughs> so give us a call if you don't, unless you don't want to talk to us till next year. But yeah, New Year's Eve tomorrow, big New Year's Eve plans. I am having a little get together. Nothing, nothing too exciting going on. <laughs> what are your uh, New Year's plans? What are you guys? plan on doing on New Year's. 2018, here it is. It's right here upon us. New Year's resolution is going to eat better, drink more. <laughs> We're going to have a better show, right? And then it, I mean, but no, we we all have our our uh, New Year's resolutions that we have every single year. And uh, hopefully all of you can get your New Year's resolutions going. And in place and doing what they're supposed to do. I don't know. I stopped making New Year's resolutions a long time ago. Probably because I could never keep them. (laughs) Gonna lose weight. No, I'm not. Gonna eat less. No, I'm not. Gonna drink less. No, I'm not. Gonna make more money. Well, maybe. We hope. We'll totally rule that one out. <laughs> so, you know, what's a single guy like myself? Uh the the New Year's resolution. What's what's it look like? What do we do? What's gonna happen in twenty eighteen? What's gonna make twenty eighteen the biggest, the best year ever? We shall see. We shall see. What are some of your New Year's resolutions? Feel free to give us a call and let us know. Last show of the year. 
Last show of 2017. Then we move into 2018. 2018. Used to be, we'd be like, oh, I'm still putting 2017 on checks. But who writes checks anymore? So, does anybody even date anything anymore with a pen and paper, I mean? Everything is done digitally. I know I'm old man, get off my lawn kind of guy, but sometimes it's nice to just have the things the way they used to be. Remember the way the things used to be. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six is my digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. You're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. 
Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Presidente, 917-889-8516 is my digits. Uh, we're standing by for Matt Hicks. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, get him here soon uh, to talk with us a little bit about Andrew Luck. He's with 1070 The Fan, uh, Jersey Johnny, and Matt Hicks Show. And, uh, you know, they, they are the uh, official uh, station for the Colts. And we're going to get his opinions and thoughts on Andrew Luck. Hoping to have him on here in in just a moment. And, and I know it seems like I'm beating a dead horse here, and, and maybe I am. But let's hope the horse isn't dead. Let's hope the horse still has some life in it. Uh, it meaning, you know, but we'll see what, what happens. Joining us now is Matt Hicks of 1070 The Fan. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? 
Fantastic. Matt Hicks of 1070 The Fan and Jersey Johnny. Matt Hicks Show at uh, 1070 The Fan is the flagship station for the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, one of the things that I that I wanted to talk with you about today is obviously the Colts and the Pacers. But more importantly was the press conference that we saw yesterday with Andrew Luck. And I know for the last 20 minutes or so I've been going on this rant about you know, basically what Andrew Luck did yesterday. He talked to us about for 20 minutes. We know he went to the Netherlands. He says he's ready to go, but what I heard in my mind, and maybe maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just numb to it all, but I just felt like I got a, I got, I went thinking that I was going to get a big juicy steak, and I didn't get a big juicy steak, even though I paid for a big juicy steak. It's, is, is there still a big juicy steak within, within Andrew Luck? Yeah, I, I well listen, that's the hundred and what is it, hundred and twenty four million dollar question, whatever's left on the deal. <laughs> Something like um, that. I mean, yeah, I mean there's no question. Uh there that's gonna be all off season. The only way uh I think fans would have been satisfied is if he'd have said, Okay, come over here, go to the practice field and watch him throw fifty yard bombs. That's I mean, in the end that's what we're waiting to see, right? We're waiting to see this guy throw the ball with some zip, and we're not going to see that until training camp. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't have another setback. Hopefully he really can uh, now begin the uh, restrengthening process, which actually, just by physical look of him yesterday, looked like it was in much better progress than it was the last time we saw him. Remember the last time we saw him? He was kind of skin, bones, and, and – uh, mm-hmm. A little more, he looked a little more upbeat to me, and I, I think it's very dangerous when we get into trying to read body language and how people present themselves and this and that. But that's where we are here, obviously, with with luck. And uh, you know, I have I have all the hope in the world for him. I mean, why why not? He was a Pro Bowl level quarterback before this thing happened, and uh, I have every reason to believe he will be again next year. I, I don't. I'm not of the type that. The Colts lied. I'm not of the type that Luck is being uh, deceptive. I-, I think he's trying to do the best he can with the knowledge he has and uh, go from there. I- I- I'm a little, I guess, naive, if you will. I'll take him at face value. Well, here's what I, I mean, I get what you're saying, and I'm not saying that he lied or is lying about anything. I think that he definitely wants to play uh, in the NFL, wants to play for the Indianapolis Colts, and wants to be our quarterback. But what I I don't, what I didn't get, Matt, was I guess yeah, we want to see the 50-yard zips. But what I what I didn't get was the satisfaction that I was looking for from that press conference. Maybe we were looking too much, too deep, and saying, hey, uh, Andrew, talk to the press, talk to the press, and he finally said, all right, what the hell, I'll talk to the press, and we got. A, I just am doing this kind of like I know you got kids, but when you say to your kids, apologize to your brother or apologize to your sister, and they finally do it, but they they don't really mean it. Um, yeah, I I I, I think that's probably something to it. I think yeah, here here it is again. We wanted to hear from this guy, and he didn't have much to say. I mean, it's kind of like yeah, you know, I'm still doing the rehab thing. I, you know, he plans to be ready. When OTAs start, and at this point, all we can do, and I kind of thought this before he decided to speak, all we can do is wait and see, right? I mean, you can you can either believe what he has to say or not, and if we hear of another surgery, then we know, okay, well, 
It, it didn't work out the way Andrew Luck had hoped and the Colts had hoped. Um, I don't have a ton of sources over on 56th Street, but from those that I do have, they're all pretty optimistic that this guy is on the right way back. And uh, it obviously took considerably longer than they expected. And I think you can tell with what you've heard from position coaches that they expected him back a lot sooner, and he had a setback. And that happens in injuries sometimes. And I, and it's hard because we are so used as a sports society from to people from coming, you know, coming back from, you know, ACL tears and not a year anymore. It's almost it's eight to ten months now. Um, if if a guy tears his ACL at the beginning of the season, it's not impossible for him to come back for the playoffs. I mean, it's it's nuts how quick some of these guys heal. And Andrew Luck, either a combo of healed slowly and had a setback or just had a setback. I'm not sure which it is. And, and you know, how much of it is how much of it is it will ever be known, I, I don't know. But, but regardless, I, I have every reason to believe that this is going the right way, and I hope it is for the guy. I, I saw a guy yesterday that was a little frustrated and maybe a touch depressed about things, and um, I, I think he wants to be out. What, what yesterday did show me is he wants to, like you said, he wants to play football still. He, he in no shape or form thinks this is a, a career-ending in, injury, and he wants to play for the Colts. I think that's important. He could have avoided yesterday's press conference, and I think that would have, as we go into the offseason, continued the questions as far as what the Colts are going to do with that third or even second pick of the draft. So one thing I did get from yesterday, in, was that was the human element. And I, and I know we, yeah. we kind of want to focus on the, ne- on the negative uh, of, of things, but yesterday what I noticed when one of the reporters, I'm not sure exactly who it was, asked him what your low point was, and then the camera zoomed in on him, and it, you could see that human element within him. You could see that the low point that he talked about and described was very real and very genuine. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things I took from yesterday is exactly that. I think that's a very good point. The human element of it, of a guy working his butt off, trying to get back, only to figure out it wasn't going to happen this year. And I think that was probably very frustrating for him um, from many, many standpoints. I mean, kind of this week we also kind of heard that um, Brissett was being prepared on a week-to-week basis. In other words, he wasn't really ever, by the position coaches, anointed the starting quarterback job. In other words, there was always a, up until week, whatever it was, seven or eight, when they IR'd Luck, there was always a, a idea that, hey, this is, this is, you're the backup, and the backup prepares this way, and as soon as the starter comes back, this is what he'll do. So, yes, it's minutia, certainly, but it is a, a mindset that I think maybe, I don't know, maybe Luck felt a little pressure. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to feel a little pressure to get back because, obviously, he's the franchise. He's the face. He's the guy. He's Mr. Colt right now, um, and he's what makes the engine run. I mean, I'm still not sure with Luck that this wasn't a playoff team this year. I, I know that's a bit of a stretch to think about the way they've played at times. But you look at some of those games that, you know, could Luck have gotten them two more touchdowns in right. a game? I think so. And could he have helped close out a game? I think so. 
So I'm I'm not sure this wasn't a playoff team, and I and I think maybe he felt a little pressure in that sense, and and yeah, I I, I caught a guy that was frustrated, and and like I said, even at, maybe at points a little depressed about the whole thing. We're talking with Matt Hicks of 1070 The Fan, the flagship station for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, carries all the Colts games, and and certainly uh, if you want to catch up on anything Colts, go to 1070 to, uh, the the fan. But you know, let's move on forward to the what is not really an elephant in the room, and I think Pagano knows what's coming, and we saw that in the press conference yesterday. Uh, Chappie says three different ways, three different times, in the same question. Uh, how do you feel about your future? He seemed to be pretty good, but you know, one of the bright sides, if you want look at it i mean first of all I, I how do i say this nicely i don't necessarily feel bad for the guy i feel bad for the guy because he's a great guy i would sit down and have a beer with him but he's just not the coach for the indianapolis colts anymore chuck pagano is it knows his time is done here i and i for the first time and maybe you could correct me on this uh matt but for the first time ever i actually heard him refer to his wife and his kids in kind of a way like it might be nice for me to spend some time with my wife and kids. So it was kind of like, uh, I know my future. I accept it. And But on the other side of it, on the other side of it, I mean, he's he's made a ton of money, so he's not going to be hurting financially uh, when he loses his job on Monday. And I hope that they make that announcement sooner than later uh, and not let him flap out there in the wind like we've seen Jim Irsay I do, but that said, uh, there might be uh, certainly we, we, we're going to see all kinds. Of the, they say this could be the the record Black Monday. We're going to see all kinds of uh, openings come open. So we might, if nothing else, I think we'll see him as a defensive coordinator again. So I don't know that he's going to be without work. Uh, but I think when he, the other day when he was talking about his last rodeo and he was talking about his wife and his kids, I kind of. Uh, sense that he sensed that he knew and I think that he already knows uh so and then when Chappie yesterday was saying three different ways three different times Chuck what do you think about your future and he's just like it gives him that Chuck Magano cliche grin like why are you asking me this well, I, I, yeah, and I, I listen, I, I've met him a couple times, and um, he's, he is a very nice guy, and you root for nice guys. And, I, you know, there, there were a, a couple of times over the years where I thought they were ready potentially to pull the trigger a little too soon on Chuck Pagano. But now it's, 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 I think it's an accurate description of what you just gave. It's played out. Um, it's, it's not going to work going forward. Um, I think they need to, as an offense, uh, con- considerably retool uh, for Andrew Luck. Um, this is going to be a passing team. And they fought that notion. But with their next head coach, I don't think they'll fight that. I think they will accept that this is a passing team that, yes, runs the ball to set up the pass, but is not a, a smash-mouth offense like they tried to be and, and failed, frankly, fr- frankly failed at miserably. Um, at times they showed flashes, but for the most part, when they had their success in the last five years, it was when Luck was throwing for 400-plus yards a game. And I think the run can set that up, but I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Yes, it, it, it's hard to feel sorry for a guy that's made, what, $25 million um, doing what he does, but at the same time, you never want to lose your job. You don't want to feel like you're going out of failure, and I hope 
he um, he doesn't feel that way. He did some good things here. He made uh, the AFC Championship game, which is an accomplishment. I know people like to joke about the banner at Lucas Oil, but it is an accomplishment. He should be proud of that. And, yeah, is he a coordinator going forward? Uh, do him and John Gruden flip spots? I don't know that that's not an impossible thought <laughs> as we as we look down <laughs> the road here of what of what things will look like next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Colts have, have already kind of made that decision, and I'm not so sure Chuck hasn't been informed that, hey, you know, just so you know, this is it, Sunday's it, you know, enjoy it as much as you can and uh, go from there. It's, it's, an interesting, yeah, and I, it's an interesting spot Chuck Pagano finds himself in, certainly. <laughs> well, and I'm sure, you know, obviously he has his agent, and there's the, the non-tampering oh, yeah. rules. and The back yeah, channel so, stuff, but, yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's just say that Chuck Pagano probably knows what's go- where he's going to be at in, in 2018. And, you know, interesting, you know, we talk about John Gruden and the, the Manning uh, – the John Gruden Manny combo, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't really see John Gruden as much as he he talks the talk. I don't think he really wants to to leave his cush job uh, with ESPN and Monday Night Football till they actually make him do that, and uh, that might be a very real possibility with what we've seen. One of the things, though, I you know with Jim Irsay, is it going to be Irsay's call? Is it going to be Ballard's call? And you know, one of the things that was very disappointing, you talk about ripping the scab off. Sometimes you've just got to rip the scab off. You've got to rip the Band-Aid off and say, hey, this is it. This is what we're doing. When they, when Jim Irsay tied uh, Ryan Rigson and Chuck Pagano together and then kept Pagano and let, Rig, uh, uh, let Rigson go and brought on Chris Ballard, don't you think that gave a little bit of false security not only to Chuck, Chuck Pagano but to the fans as well, Matt? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, you know, and not only in hindsight, but in foresight, I think that was a mistake. You know, I, I at the time, I thought if you were going to, quote, unquote, tie Grigson and Picano together and then you get rid of one and not the other, I think that was a mistake. Obviously, what well, we heard the rumors all last off season. you know, Chuck was, or excuse me, Jim Irsay was pursuing another head coach. I don't think you hear that much, or you see that much smoke without there being a little fire somewhere. Uh, we heard the rumors of a Gruden meeting. We heard the rumors of potentially back channel discussions with the Saints. I think they were trying to make a clear upgrade over Vigano, and if that wasn't possible, they were going to wait a year. Now, who's that fair to? Well, pretty much nobody. Nope, not the fans, not not Chuck Pagano, not the team. Now, the team, you can say, did not perform this year, but at times, they really did. I mean, it's a, it's a very odd ball team this year. When you really look at all the, of the losses by, by a touchdown or less, they're, they're pretty darn close to 500. And then you look at a, 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 the fact that they didn't have their starting quarterback it's not quite as a bad – listen, they are what they are. They're, they're going to be a 3-13 and 13 team um, or, or at best 4-12, and 12, right? So, I mean, they are what they are to an extent, and you can't deny that. Like, like uh, Bill Parcells always used to say, you are what your record says you are, and there's no question. But at the same time, I think there's some reason for optimism with a new coach, uh, Andrew Luck, 
some pieces and places on defense and offense. I think there's some reasons for optimism to come right back and compete with, of all things, Jacksonville next year for the division. Well, who would have thought in what world and what realm would we have thought that Jacksonville would be the AFC South champion this year? I mean, I think everybody thought that Tennessee was going to be the the the, the team, and, and they had that all set up and ready to go. You know, we'll talk a little bit about some of the – and I want to move on to the Pacers, but let's talk about some of the names that are being thrown around. Bruce Arians, obviously, there, there's talk about him leaving Arizona. He called that, that fake news. Here's an interesting twist of somebody that I heard this week. Pagano may not be leaving the Colts, at least not Chuck Pagano. John Pagano, with the defensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders, is another name that I've heard uh, thrown about. Of course, we know about we know about Gruden, and, and we know about uh, you know uh, Sean Payton and those. But I guess it comes down to: uh, is it going to be Ballard's call, or is it going to be Ursay's call? And I and I think you know if it's Ballard's call, I hope it's Ballard's call. We, we're going to be looking at possibly a, a reuniting of uh, a coaching staff from uh, Kansas City. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the names that have been uh, uh, dropped and, and thrown around? And, and I know that, you know, uh, John Pagano is a uh, the brother of Chuck Pagano. And there's even rumors to say that if they brought on J- Chuck, I mean, I'm sorry, John or Bruce Arians or any number of, of people – Part of what they might offer, Chuck is a defensive coordinator position. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, impossible. Um, I, I would say I have a greater likelihood of, of driving to Indiana, or excuse me, driving to Illinois, buying a lottery <laughs> ticket, hitting the lottery in Illinois, and then coming back to Indiana and buying a lottery ticket and hitting the lottery in Indiana in the same day. <laughs> I, I can't imagine so a scenario. A chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, one in a billion, one in three trillion. No, I can't imagine a scenario in any way, shape, or form that a, a Pagano is on this staff next year. I, that would shock me. Um, the fans, listen, this is not fair. This is this is not a fun part of football. But the fans want blood, and you cannot, in any way, shape, or form, bring a Pagano onto this staff next year. Here's why I think this is an Ursay decision, maybe even more so than a Ballard decision. I think this team needs to, frankly, make a splash. And I don't think you make a splash by hiring Dave Taub or John Pagano, certainly. I think, I think they're going to try to make a, a, a high-profile hire. I think they're going to try to get John Gruden. I really do. Um, I think I'm in the minority on that at this point. I, I think as time has gone on, most people think that it is not going to happen. But I, I think after the news out of, out of Tampa, was it yesterday or the day before, that they're going to stick with their coach, I think that there's only one potential destination for Gruden if he leaves ESPN, and it's the Colts. So we'll see. Um, really unsubstantiated rumors that they already kind of back-channeled uh, Josh McDaniels from the Patriots and he wasn't interested. We'll see if that's true or not true. But I, I think they want to make a splash, and I think who makes the final call is Ursay. I mean, he's the guy that signs the check. But I think there will be uh, intense input from Chris Ballard on this hire. And, and, and listen, I don't know that we should be naive enough to think that Peyton Manning doesn't have any kind of input in this hire. Um, 
whether it's in an official title, president of football ops or, you know, grand poobah of football, <laughs> um, I, I don't know that we should be naive enough to, to think that Peyton doesn't at least talk with Jim Ursay and, and maybe even Chris Ballard about certain coaching candidates. I think that that is a very real possibility. Again, whether that's in an official title capacity or just kind of a, 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 a friend helping a friend with, with, with this whole thing. We're talking with Matt Hicks of 1070 The Fan, the flagship station for the Indianapolis Colts, also the flagship station for the Indiana Pacers. And uh, where, what aren't you guys a flagship station? Aren't you also the flagship uh, for the uh, 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 Fuel? And aren't you also a <laughs> yeah. flagship for the 11 as well? You guys are flagship for everything. You know, here, here's the thing about the Pacers, and – I, 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 the Pacers, we're, as you mentioned a while ago, talking about the Colts, the Pacers are what they are, what they are. And I think, I don't think anybody really expected anything exciting to come from the Pacers. I, I am actually glad to see the Pacers, even though they've had a winless week and they look forward to have a fresh start and, and the, the Bulls, the Pacers were outscored uh, 33, uh, 33 points uh, behind the arc when they, when they, uh, against the Bulls and, uh, so, and we and we look at Victor Oladipo, and that's the name we keep hearing. Now he's hurt now, and I think he's being reevaluated. And I think that that uh, the Pacers are are looking for him to to come back on board. But what a pickup it was for Victor Oladipo. I know it's premature, but I mean, even people on your network on the shows during the day have said Victor Oladipo is MVP candidate. Really? Well, listen, I mean, the reality of it is now you see this team without him. And you say, you know, I mean, of all, of all, you know, as funny as that sounded maybe two weeks ago, but now that you see this Pacer team without Victor Oladipo, you're like, wow, maybe he is. Maybe he is an MVP candidate. I mean, certainly not going to win the award, but I wouldn't be shocked if he got some, some, some votes as far as, you know, I don't know how far down they go. I can't remember if it's beyond third or not. But I wouldn't be shocked if he got a couple votes for, you know, placement votes as far as third, fourth, and fifth. I, again, I can't remember how far down the list they go on MVP voting for the NBA. But um, I remember years ago Jermaine O'Neal got enough votes to finish third in the MVP voting. I don't think Vic will get that high. But, listen, I think the idea that he's an all-star is pretty cemented in most people's minds in the NBA. He's an all-star. That's, there's no question about that. But is he an MVP candidate? I don't know. They are certainly fun to watch when they're healthy. I mean, they are really fun to watch when they're healthy. And, uh, you know, even last night they had a chance to get back in that game a couple times and just couldn't get over the hump. I don't know how many games they can win without Vic at this point. When your best player, or at least your leading scorer, and I, I think he has transitioned into becoming their best player on the floor at this point. But when your best player slash leading scorer is out, Sometimes the team can kind of rally behind that and, and rattle off a couple, especially against inferior opponents, as you would think Dallas and Chicago are. But that just didn't happen for whatever reason. And they weren't able to close one out at home against Dallas, and then they lose one pretty convincingly to Chicago. Um, suddenly, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow's game against Minnesota without Jeff T is a pretty big game. And hopefully Vic is back to that. I have not. I don't know if you've heard. I've not heard the official word on Vic for for tomorrow. I know that they were optimistic yesterday that he would play Sunday, but I haven't heard 
the latest on that. I'm, I'm no, I, heading in now to find that out. So, okay, I, I'll let, we'll let you go here, and I appreciate you taking some time with us uh, today. Re- one last question, though. I mean, yeah. Victor Oladipo and uh, Sabayas has really kind of uh, just taken the spotlight. Is there no longer the Lance Stevenson and Miles Turner effect on the team? Is this Victor and uh, uh, Sabayas' team? Well, no, I mean, it might, I, I don't know whose team it is. Uh, listen, there's a lot of good pieces in place here. This is, a very, this is a very unique team. You've got a guy in Thad Young who is a clear leader. Uh, Miles Turner is a young leader. Vic is a young leader. Sabonis is a guy that people see how hard he plays and want to play that hard too. Uh, I don't know that you can dismiss Darren Collison. This is a very – they have kind of caught, and I've said this on, on our show – and, and uh, Mark Montes and Eddie White and guys like that have agreed with me. To some extent, now, I don't know if they're a championship-caliber team. In fact, I, I do know they're not. But they have kind of caught lightning in a bottle here from a chemistry standpoint and a leadership standpoint. They've got a lot of young guys um, kind of in weird spots in their career. They have an opportunity to prove not only that they belong in the NBA, but they're, pro- they're solid rotation players in the NBA. And then they've got, like, the right healthy mix of veteran leadership with Thad Young. And, I, I mean, you want to talk about Gerald Wilkins, who is cool with not playing every night. Al Jefferson also in a mentoring role. Um, it's a really kind of unique, unique collection of guys that's working really well when they're healthy. I think when, when there's a piece missing, um, we saw it even earlier in the season when T- Turner was out and then Sabonis was out. Now, Vic, um, I, I don't know that you just simply anoint it as any one person's team, but it's a good collection of dudes. And they, they, when they're healthy, they win. And they can, they've proven they can beat just about anybody. I, I don't know in a seven-game series how super competitive they'd be with Boston or Golden State or, or even Cleveland. But on a one-game, one-night situation, they can beat anybody. And I think that's really – at this point in this team's development, that's probably a little further ahead than anybody expected. So that's cool. And, and, enjoy, and just enjoy it. I, I uh, would be interested to see at the trade deadline where they are in the standings. You know, if they're hovering around fourth or fifth, which they kind of been most of the year before this little stretch without Vic, what they decide to do. Because this is a, one of those teams that I would be nervous to upset the apple cart with as far as making a move to bring in you know, somebody on an expiring deal to make a run or, I mean, obviously you don't want to mortgage the future with this group, but I would be curious what would happen to this team if they even made a minor move that upset the chemistry. Cause it obviously is working right now. And it's, it's again, it's been fun to watch. Been talking with Matt Hicks of 1070, the fan, the flagship station for the Indianapolis Colts. Thank you for uh, talking with us a little bit about Andrew Luck and what your, your thoughts on that. And certainly uh, you guys are also the flagship station for the Indiana Pacers. And, talk, and thank you for talking with us a little bit about that. Uh, Matt Hicks of the Jersey Johnny and Matt Hicks show. I know you guys got a show coming up. And so right after you're done listening to the balance, turn it over to 1070, the fan, if you're local here in Indianapolis and, and follow it up. But what are you guys working on today? Oh, we got a great – we actually have a big, big show played today. Very special edition of the Jersey Johnny Show. It's our year-end Not edition, bigger than ours. Which we though. always put – <laughs> yeah, we always put a lot into. Um, 
we uh, have Eddie Money joining us, uh, a, a dates up in uh, Indiana here in the next couple of weeks. And if you've ever heard Eddie Money on our show, you know uh, it's it's a treat. We've had him on several times, and we, we really enjoy I, having I him. Have... Eddie White's going to join us. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I said I have heard Ed, Eddie Money on your show before, and uh, I think he's a bigger hit on your show than he ever was when he was singing or doing uh, recordings. But yes, he's a blast. <laughs> he's a blast to have on. He's a hoot. Um, and Eddie White uh, from, uh, of course, the Pacers radio broadcast, and uh, and the Pacers will join us as well as Mark Monteith. So we'll talk a lot of Pacers, and we'll talk some Colts. Obviously, our reaction to the Andrew Luck press conference yesterday. We'll talk about that a lot as well. And we're going to continue talking about that as well and uh, get into our NFL uh, uh, conversation with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL uh, contributor. And Rick Riggin from Evansville is going to join us as well, our official college football contributor. Matt, I appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? Well, I am on Twitter at HicksM05, H-I-C-K-S-M05, and uh, the Jersey Johnny Show today, 11 to 1, and after today, you know, it's one of those things in radio, Tom. I know you know what this is all about. We don't know what our <laughs> next show is, so. <laughs> we don't know what our next show is, that's right. We just know it's, it, we're Tune in today, because you never know, this may just be it. <laughs> this might be the last show. All right, buddy, we'll talk with yeah, you soon. Yeah, that, that's the way it goes here. sometimes. You don't know going in. <laughs> That's right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Matt. Matt Hicks of 1070 The Fan, the flagship station of the Indianapolis Colts here in the Indianapolis market. And, and yeah, we're kind of homering it up right now because, we, we again, we flagship as well here in Indianapolis. Uh, we're a national show. but uh, And, of course, the, he, they also flagship the Pacers. And I appreciate him giving us some uh, insight into the Pacers of Victor Owen Depot. But, you know, we, we might be overthinking this, and we're going to be talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles from USA Today, our official NFL contributor. Also, Rick Riggin, we're going to be getting into the college football talk uh, when when we get back here. But, you know, maybe we are overthinking this with, with Andrew Luck. But it just seems to me like we listened to him talk for 20 minutes about nothing. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Bobby, you're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. 
Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Back to the balance line one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. If you want to call and and talk with us and our expert uh, uh, panel that we have with us today, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and USA Today. At least the Philadelphia Eagles are doing something. Ed, <laughs> joining us also is Rick Riggin uh, from down in Evansville, our partner in crime and our official college football contributor. We'll talk a little bit about Ohio State getting that uh, Cotton uh, Bowl win last night against the USC Trojans relatively easy. We'll have that conversation on whether or not, yes, they should be in the playoffs, or should they not be in the playoffs? I'm a Big Ten homer guy. I was hoping that the at least the Big Ten would have been represented in the playoffs, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Last show of the year, guys. Uh, we've made it another year. So, uh, Ed, uh, what do you got on the agenda for the new year? Uh, well, uh, I'm, right now I'm tracking uh, the Eagles might be activating their rookie cornerback, the second-round pick, Sidney Jones, who uh, – has been inactive all year. He tore his Achilles last year at Washington, University of Washington's Pro Day. And, uh, you know, that would certainly make the Eagles-Dallas game a little bit more interesting if Sidney Jones were to be active and play against the Cowboys on Sunday. So that's that's kind of what I have going on in the present. In the new year, uh, I'm just going to wake up January 1st and watch some football and <laughs> take it from there. And take it from there, that's for sure. Rick Riggin uh, from Evansville, our official college football contributor, uh, Star Wars contributor, and uh, knower of all things of uh, miscellaneous knowledge. Uh, Rick, how are you, sir? <laughs> well, I think I'm good at most things, but not great at any one thing. <laughs> I I tell you what, it is, what, what are you doing for New Year's, buddy? I'm probably going with some friends and uh, – usually what we do every year, traditional, uh, do karaoke and things like that on New Year's Eve. So, uh, should be a lot of fun. Hey, happy New Year, guys, well, by the way. Happy New yeah. Year. 
Happy New Year. I, uh, Happy New Year. I uh, <laughs> I uh, am going to have uh, some a few people over. I think uh, um, uh, Cards Against Humanity or uh, in our in our future. Oh, on, yeah. on <laughs> and I got a, I got a game. I got a I got a game uh, for Christmas called Boulder Dash. I think it's how you you, you say it. I'm interested yes. to play that that game. As well, last yesterday I I went out because it's snowing here in Indianapolis and it it's been snowing for a, a day and a half now. I think it's pretty much done now. I think we we're at somewhere around four inches, which is way less than Erie, Pennsylvania. But nonetheless, uh, I walked outside with the hounds to let them outside, and I I fell right off my patio step and and like hit my back, hit my neck, and I'm like, man, I'm getting old this morning. And I'm like, got this bruise on my back, and I'm like, ah, oh, not a way to bring in the new year. Now, that said, you would have wow. thought that I would have one learned my lesson uh, yesterday, last night, and then this morning before the show, I go outside with the hounds, and what happens? Yet again. So, here's the answer: <laughs> don't wear your, don't don't wear your house slippers out on the patio. And and not have shoveled your, your your thing. So two, I I fell I have felt twice in the exact same spot. I'm I'm so I'm hoping that that's not a notem for the new year. <laughs> I, I can barely move. I I am sore sore sore. And so uh, Mackenzie, my bloodhound, she just stood there and looked at me like, "Are you stupid?" So. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That second time, I guess, would be your fault. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but speaking of puzzle well, books, need, I, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Ed. I was gonna say you, you need to head to the local hardware store and pick up, uh, you know, a bag of salt or something, and throw it down on that back patio before you break a wrist. I mean, you know, I, I have a friend of mine broke a wrist. A couple of weeks ago, falling and trying to brace her impact and snap her wrist. Her wrist went, so she's in a cast to start the new year. I got a full length, like door size mirror on my bathroom because I like looking at myself naked. No, I'm just kidding. But I, okay, that's a nobody wants to see. But I have a, I have a full size uh, uh, mirror in my bathroom, and this morning I looked and I got a black and blue, really big bruise in the middle of my back, and so I'm like, and that was before I fell again. So any, anywho, but. We we digress. Speaking of size mirrors and, and and looking at things you don't want to look at, yesterday Ed, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to you, Rick. And and, and, I, and, I, and I'm bringing this up because this is kind of a national a national look. Andrew Luck finally addressed the media for 20 minutes. We heard him talk about well, I don't know what he talked about. He went to the Netherlands. He's going to be ready for OTAs. He doesn't think there's going to be any other procedures. If there's another procedure, I'm pushing the panic button. I've been hesitant to do that, but we have got to figure something out. I don't. Hopefully, he's not. I, I wouldn't say that he's lying. That's the wrong word to use. But I'm sure that he really does want to come back. But you know, one of the things that I was just talking with Matt Hick from 1070 The Fan, the flagship local station for the Indianapolis Colts here. You know, I was just telling, talking with him about. 
you know, one of the things I noticed in that presser was the human element of him. And one of the reporters, I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly who it was, said, you know, what was your lowest point? And then the camera zoomed in on him, and you could see it kind of tear up on him and him, him just say, you know, not being here, not being a part of this organization. Well, literally, figuratively, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Did you? I don't know if you've had a chance to look at that, Ed, but nonetheless, I got. I walked away from that press conference thinking, you know, we we went to this steakhouse expecting a big yummy steak. We paid the price for a big yummy steak, and we got a mediocre steak at best. Go ahead. As far yeah, the the pressure let you down a little bit is what you're saying. The press conference let you down a little yeah, bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's. I don't know that he's. I think we yeah. were expecting him to say a lot more. Than he did. He didn't say anything yeah. to me that made me think that. Go ahead. Well, I, no, I was going to say he certainly didn't give you any reason to think that he's 100%, I don't think. I mean, you know, there's still pain in the shoulder. Um, you know, I, I just don't – I have my doubts if he can come back. I mean, he said kind of the same stuff back in – I think it was October when he had a press conference, right? And everybody kind of uh, were, was excited that maybe luck would come back and play, you know, around Halloween. And, you know, we all saw what happened. They had to shut him down again in November. And I just, you know, this is really a bad situation for the Colts to be in because they don't know. They're just like us. We we really don't know. And I don't think Andrew Luck really knows how that shoulder is going to be once he has to throw, you know, a hundred passes a day uh, with it in OTAs. So it's unfortunate the Colts are in this spot because now what do you do, uh, you know, in the draft? Do you, draft a quarterback do you put your hopes on Jacoby Brissett if luck is healthy could you trade Brissett so really it's it kind of holds the whole organization hostage as well as the fan base you know you really want to have Andrew Luck back in there because he was you know he's a prolific quarterback in his first couple years in the league and uh, I just think that there's still so much uncertainty and maybe that's why the press conference left you a little flat was because there there nothing was really cleared up uh, you know, if anything, there's just more uncertainty going into the off season, and uh, it's going to be the number one question in Indianapolis: What are the Colts going to do about it? Rick, what are your thoughts about the presser yesterday with Andrew Luck? Is it just me, or did did I expect more than what we got from Andrew Luck yesterday? He has a whole bunch to do about nothing, and I'm with Ed. Uh, what the Colts do for the next few months? He sit around, wait on Andrew, and see what he's going to feel like. Uh, he's not going to be the Andrew that he was past few years because, uh, you know, Ed knows better than us. When a football player gets a major injury and he gets back to 100%, well, that 100% is different than what it was before the injury. So do you draft a quarterback? Do you maybe start handing the reins over to Brissett and open up the offense and gear the offense and the team towards him? Uh, it's tough decisions, and Ed's right. It's, it's kind of holding the team hostage here for the next few months because the draft's going to be here quick. Well, yeah, and, 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 you know, here, there was, here's there the was, thing. Some... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, buddy. No, go, go right ahead. No, I was just going to say oh, that. No. that yeah. here, here, here... <laughs> I feel like I'm at a four-way stop here. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you, Rick. The, the thing about it is I don't know that we're ever going to give this to Jacoby Brissett. That we, we've hitched our post to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is our quarterback. We just need him to be out there and be our quarterback. Go ahead, Ed. No, I, I, um, 
I was just going to say, you know, when you look when you look at Luck and he and, and you know how he chose to go about his rehab and uh, you know going over to the Netherlands where you know some of those FDA those non-approved FDA procedures are done. You wonder if he had something uh, done that way. He didn't admit to it, of course, and um, you, you know maybe he should have tried it if he didn't try it uh, because I guess the surgery did not go well. I mean he didn't come out of it very well and. You know, you could say, well, why didn't he use Dr. James Andrews, who does all of these surgeries? Instead, he went with a different doctor, and uh, maybe the operation wasn't performed correctly. I mean, there's all sorts of questions and speculation that we never got to the bottom of uh, with Lux Presser yesterday. The only way we're going to get to the bottom of it is wait until the springtime when OTAs ramp up and then your, your mini camp and, and, and see how he's performing and see how that shoulder holds up. Until then, it's just going to be, you know, months of speculation and, like, Rick said, what about the Colts? What are they going to do about it? They, they have to make some hard and fast decisions about their future uh, with or without luck. Hi, welcome to The Balance. Who's this? Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, I have one hey, how are you? And answer... Great. My name is Lisa. I'm calling from Indiana. Hi, Lisa from Indiana. A... How are you? Hey, Lisa. Hi, how are you? Good. I have a question for you, gentlemen. Here in Indiana, uh, we have an answer. When, when <laughs> our Indiana General Assembly starts um, next week, there's a bill going to be introduced that patrons at sporting events can leave within the first quarter of the game if they are offended by the players. Um, protest during the national anthem, and they will receive their admittance fee in a return. What do you think of, of that state law being introduced in response to the NFL protest? You know, Lisa, that's a great question, and thanks for giving us a call. Uh, here's the thing, and, and I know that's getting a lot of national news, and, and I'm not ignoring that question. The thing is, what I would say is, and we'll get your thoughts also, Ed, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and your thoughts also, Rick. But here's the thing that what I would say is that gets real close. That's a slippery slope in, in, in telling a business, a governing a business, how to run their business. And, and you know, as much as we might agree or disagree with with the, with the uh, uh, protest during the national anthem, I think if you if you make a law that, now, if the Indianapolis Colts say, "Hey, this is something we want to do for you as fans," that's different. But if you pass a law that says it's a law that says if if we are offended uh, by something that happens on the field, whether it be the the protest or what it is, it's always going to be something else. There's always going to be that umbrella. Well, it's the law. I need my money back. I got offended because I didn't like the beer guy, or I got offended because I don't like the Colts record or I got offended because of this or I got offended because of that. So I think it's a very, very, very slippery uh, slope that we go on. I honestly don't think that law is going to pass. Ed? Yeah, that's a great point, uh, Tom. I mean, I I agree that it it is a slippery slope once you start making a law to tell businesses how they have to run their, uh, you know, run their operation. But, uh, you know, how how, in in effect, how many people would that impact? You know, how many people would be offended? I mean, you're going to a game, you kind of know what to expect. You're not going to the game to, 
uh, you know, watch the national anthem and react to that. You're going to watch a football game. You're going to watch a competition. So, you know, in reality, how many people would actually take advantage of that? Uh, you know, maybe you'd have some people that would say, oh, hey, I'm going to go watch an NFL game for a quarter and I'm going to ask for my money back and you know, go watch the rest of it on the bar down the street. I mean, may- maybe you have people like that, but I'm not sure how many people would really, uh, you know, take advantage of that bill. But, you know, I, I kind of hope it doesn't pass just because, like you said, Tom, it really does kind of impact, you know, a law does impact how, you know, a business runs its operation. And as much as I uh, I like our governor here, Governor Holcomb, he's a great guy, and, and certainly he's he's a, a guy that, that has the, the, the bearings behind uh, Indiana and understands Indiana and certainly took the place of Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, but uh, I, I just don't think he would even sign that into law. Rick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, but wouldn't that be something to think about, fans should think about before buying a ticket in the first place? Uh, why spend the money? Because it's expensive, especially if I took my whole family. It's going to cost us well over 100 bucks just to go sit for the first quarter because I was max. I'm an Air Force vet, and somebody kneeled on the sideline. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that passing. Uh, that's something fancy to take into account before even buying tickets in the first place. And that's, I appreciate all of your opinion on this because this is exactly, I believe, how the veteran community in Indiana feels, um, the sentiments that you gentlemen just expressed. And so I appreciate you taking the time to give the thoughts on that. Um, I think our legislators could take time on other meaningful pieces of legislation that would honor our right. over 400,000 <laughs> veterans here okay. in Indiana. Right. All right, all right, Lisa. We appreciate your call. We, we don't, we don't, we don't want to take this show to the to the right corner there, but I, or left corner, whatever side of the corner you're on. Lisa, I appreciate your, your call. You have yourself a good day. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. I, I, I mean, I appreciate that call, and, and it's certainly we're not a political show, and I, 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 I don't mean to to cut her off, but at the same time. I think it's a valid point, a valid question, and I'm glad she brought that up about the AMVETS because we're going to be breaking into the AMVETS breaking rank here in just a moment on college football talk. But it is a piece of legislation that is getting all kinds of national attention because we're the only state in the union that's even considering such a law. But I just don't see it going anywhere. Final thoughts on that, Ed? We'll go back on track here. Yeah, I, I... You know, I, I I think your point's a great one, Tom. Like I said, I just don't think that uh, the state there's other pressing issues that they could be putting their uh, attention toward. And uh, Rick said it's a very expensive proposition to go to a game. You don't go to a game, and uh, you know I, you can kind of know what you're expecting. You don't go to a game to watch the anthem. You're going to watch a competition on a football field. Absolutely, and and you know, so we'll we'll see how. It, even if it gets through all of the committees and, and uh, state house and state senate, again, I just don't see Governor Holcomb uh, passing that into or signing that into law. Uh, just uh, political opinions aside, Governor, governor Holcomb is our governor, and he took the place of uh, now uh, Vice President Mike Pence. But he is he, he very much is very well liked in the state of Indiana, and I think that would do him more harm than good politically, as well as, you know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me for that to happen. Let's get back on track. The NFL, final week, final game. We can talk about a great win for the Texans. Yay, that's probably going to happen. We're looking at now, Ed, well, really nobody's going to be starting their, their, their starters. Are you guys starting uh, 
uh, uh, jolly old St. Nick, are you guys like, hey, let's just get to the playoffs? <laughs> no, Doug's starting everybody. Everybody's going to start. Um, you know, he said yesterday that he wants to see his, his offense go out and execute. Uh, it was something that did not happen against the Raiders. Had the Eagles offense performed a little better on Christmas night against Oakland, they probably would have been given Sunday off. But, uh, you know, Foles looked downright awful. Couldn't connect with his receivers. Alshon Jeffrey didn't have a catch the whole game. You know, he's your number one uh, receiver. So uh, it's all systems go in Philly. There's, Peterson's going to play his starters. He's going to look for them to execute, maybe put up a few points, and then he's hopefully going to get them out. I know he wants to get Nate Sudfeld some time. Sudfeld, uh, you know, from Indiana, he's hasn't seen any NFL action. He's been on a roster. He was with the Redskins, and now he's with the Eagles. He wants to get him some time. Uh, and he wants to get some of these backups some time. But until this offense can show that, you know, you know, at least give a glimmer of hope going into the playoffs in a couple of weeks that they can move the football, he's going to let his starters ride that, you know, ride as long as he can against Dallas. But I suspect it'll be only a half. I think Foles will be able to move the ball a little bit. And uh, he'll be parked on the bench at halftime. We'll see Nate Sudfeld in the second half. So, uh, you know, this is this is a fun time of the year. A lot of people say, well, it's not the fun time of the year. Well, it's not the fun time of the year if you're a Colts fan, but it's a fun time of the year, period. I mean, we, we start beginning to shape up for the Super Bowl. And let's face it, at the end of the day, we love a Super Bowl. It doesn't really matter who's playing in it. So let's talk a little bit about how we get there. Do you guys have to worry about the Saints and the Panthers? We look over at the AFC. I'm going to still dance with my prom date, I know, and, and, and I'm not just making this up. You guys know I've been dancing with this prom date all season, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they, and you're very well familiar with the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and, uh, and here, here, here's the thing. Their quarterback, this might be their last year for the quarterback. He might be in a Browns uh, uniform next year. Uh, uh, but Alex Smith, because they have to get rid of him. So they're going to make the best of it that they can now. You, you have two monsters, so two-headed monsters, if you will, and that's the Steelers and the Patriots. Now we see the Patriots uh, sign, as, as I talked with you, uh, I sent you a text about that. Uh, Harrison uh, from the, the Steelers, super uh, 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 Hall of Famer, coming over to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick doesn't we say that he's the one in charge. Kellogg or whatever doesn't make that decision uh, without – something in mind and i think this is an intel and recon move so we look at the two-headed monsters but there again you look at jacksonville as well in the afc you guys have to worry about the saints you have to worry about the panthers and wow who saw the rams coming that was a sucker punch go ahead ed yeah well uh the panthers yeah the eagles already beat the panthers once this year in carolina um you know i'm not so sure the panthers are much a concern as the Saints would be, you know, you look at the quarterbacks that are in the NFC and in the playoffs right now, and it's Breeze obviously is one that, you know, scares you a lot. And then he's got that running game. So, you know, to me, the Saints are the team that the Eagles should probably uh, fear the most in terms of who can beat them. Um, you know, I think if Seattle were to get in or Atlanta, you know, those two teams are playing uh, for their playoff lives today. Atlanta has to win to get in. Uh, and if they don't win and Seattle wins, then Seattle's in. So, But I don't think either of those two teams come into Philly. Uh, you know, I know the Eagles beat the Falcons last year, held them to a season-low 15 points. I think the Eagles are a good matchup for Atlanta. I know the Eagles lost in Seattle earlier this year, uh, but I think coming through Philadelphia, I'm not sure 
that matchup would look the same. I think it's the Saints and the Rams uh, who would fear the Eagles should fear the most uh, coming in here just because of the, the offenses that those two teams possess. And with Carson Wentz as the quarterback, it wasn't a big a concern because you could probably outpoint the other team with Wentz at quarterback. With, but with Nick Foles, you cannot do that. I mean, he just doesn't have the capability to put up 30 points a game. So, really, you're going to have to ride your defense, and the defense is going to have to find a way to shut down two very good offenses in New Orleans or L.A. if they were the two teams that came to Philadelphia in the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, my my uh, pick, and it has been for a few weeks now, has definitely always been the Chiefs, but I just think the Chiefs and the, the Eagles, that's who's going to be in Minneapolis. So, uh, book your flight now, uh, Ed, to uh, to Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be a good one. Like you said, Andy Reid coaching Kansas City, and, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs are going to start Mahomes today. So you talked about Alex Smith, and, you know, maybe this is the last hurrah with Smith as the quarterback of, of the Chiefs, and you're right, it probably does look that way because, you know, we'll see how Mahomes does. And, you know, you talk about, you know, this is always an interesting week, and that's certainly one of the interest levels of seeing how – the rookie quarterback Mahomes plays with the Chiefs to, uh, tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, that's one one aspect. And then Alex Smith being gone. But, yeah, I, I like the Chiefs. I know they had their ups and downs, and now they've kind of hit a hot streak again. And uh, it's not always about how you play through the whole course of the season. It's how you played in the last few weeks. And the Chiefs are, are playing pretty well. So uh, I'm not going to bet against you, Tom, that they're going to be uh, standing there in Minnesota uh, for the Super Bowl. Well, I could tell you one thing. It's their due. It's their time. Uh, Alex Smith is probably not going to be there next year. Uh, a lot of people say that, that he'll end up in Cleveland. Uh, but if he goes to the Super Bowl, that increases his stock as well. As we know, Andy, Andy Reid looks like the Kool-Aid man out there, so I'm drinking the <laughs> Kool-Aid as well. So we have a few more games to talk about, and then we'll get into these uh, college uh, bowl games, uh, the breaking uh, rank events, breaking rank uh, college uh, bowl games, uh, and, and then we'll uh, uh, do a little uh, balance extra and finish back up with the NFL games. We can never do a week without talking about uh, Rick's Detroit Lions. Rick, uh, Jim Caldwell going to be there next year or not? Got the Packers coming up, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But Aaron Rodgers, I think, might be playing, but I don't know why he would. They put him on IR, I think, didn't they? I think they kept him on IR after they lost. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a no-gamer for the, the Packers. The Lions, uh, again, playing for... I don't know what they're playing for, but Jim Caldwell, a lot of people say they want his head on on a pedestal, and I don't know why they would want to fire him, Rick. I don't want him fired either. I mean, they got a winning record under him. They've been to the playoffs a couple of times with him. I don't want to see him to go, so I haven't seen much on Twitter about, you know, because that's where I get all my important information is Twitter <laughs> and Reddit. Yeah. All know Twitter. But, uh... <laughs> I haven't seen much about, you know, I just know when they lost last week to the Bengals, it was pretty embarrassing. Maybe just the initial reaction to that is people wanting Caldwell gone. But I think that's a really bad move for the Lions to get rid of Caldwell because he's done a lot of good things with the team since, uh, since he's got there. Ed, why is uh, Caldwell even on the hot seat? Well, you know, I think when you look at the way the season started for Detroit, you know, we had this conversation back in – what was it, Rick, October, early October, when the Lions were uh, sitting there at yeah, 3-0 like, or 4-0. and they looked like one, yeah. <laughs> Right. They looked like one of the best teams, teams in football. And, you know, now you really hit the skids. And, 
you know, I know there have been some injuries, I think, on that offensive line with the Lions. But, um, you know, I think that's kind of why Caldwell might be on the hot seat. It's just because of the way this team kind of really took a U-turn and went, went downhill after such a good start. Uh, you know, there's talent on this team, enough talent clearly to be back in the playoffs, uh, but they weren't able to get it done. So I think that's why he's on the hot seat. I think you just have to have patience with some of these coaches and, you know, chalk this yeah. up to kind of a, you know, just kind of a down year and let Jim come back and, and do what he can do and give him another year. But we'll see how patient uh, Bob Quinn and the owner are going to be there in Detroit. You know, it, it, it's the offensive line and then lack of running game is really what kills them. Uh, they yeah. lose a lot of close games because they can't protect Stafford long enough to put everything on his shoulders. If they just had a running game, we can get a 100-yard rusher at some point in this decade. And uh, I think things would be a little different. But, yeah, offensive line, running game, that's just big issues to fix. That's their problem. Joining us now also is Mo from the BS Sports Show on our final show of 2017. How is you, sir? Not too bad. How about you guys? Fantastic. Hey, you know, I, and, 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 hey, Ed, one final question for you, and then I'll get uh, Mo's thoughts on, on Andrew Luck, and then we'll move into the college uh, bowl games. But, uh, Ed, Mike Malarkey on the hot seat for the same reason that uh, Jim Caldwell is? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Titans were, you know, the Sheik picked to win the AFC South, and they've lost, I think, what, four games in a row now? And, uh, you know, they need to win to, uh, on Sunday to get into the playoffs. And if they don't, I think Malarkey's out. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i not sure. You know, Malarkey likes to run the ball maybe to a fault. I know it's important to be able to run the ball, but I know he kind of fell in love with that two-headed uh, rushing attack of his, Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray and, uh, you, you know, you haven't seen a lot of uh, progression from Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors other than just the wins and losses with Mike Malarkey as the head coach there. They might want to go with a more of an offensive type coach that can help Mariota develop. I mean, we haven't really seen that next step forward uh, from Mariota. In fact, I think he's maybe taken a step back. So, uh, you know, I think if Malarkey does get in, that still doesn't mean he won't get fired. Uh, there's still a chance that even if they make the playoffs, he's out. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with Mariota and his lack of progression. Mo, I want to get your thoughts on this presser for, uh, yesterday from Andrew Luck. I think we all were just, like, hoping for something, as I mentioned earlier. You know, it's kind of like going to an expensive steakhouse, paying for an expensive steak, and getting a mediocre steak. What are your thoughts on that press conference yesterday? It just seemed like he went through the motions. I don't. I, I walked away from that presser thinking, I don't know that I really got anything out of that. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the thing that uh, – I mean, we really never get anything from Andrew Luck. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's been that way for a long time. But the thing that kept concerning me was the fact that he had to keep mentioning he doesn't believe there will be another surgery needed. I understand saying it once, but he, he repeated that numerous times, uh, exactly. and that that concerns me. That means uh, I believe I think that there's there's been some talk of it. It's been discussed, and I, I think that there are more problems there than meets the eye. So uh, the fact that he mentioned that numerous times is a very concerning factor to me. I think that means that it's been discussed numerous times. So that's uh, that's a, a very worrisome part if you're a fan of the Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, yeah, 
exactly. And we push the panic button if there's another procedure. Am I right on that, Matt, Mo? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think at that point you do. It's uh, uh, it, it's going to be hard enough to come back from just what he's been dealing with now. Obviously, there's a bunch of different issues and uh, trying to get back to just throwing the ball, which he hasn't done in a long time. And not only that, been in game action. And then if you've got a quarterback who's come off a couple procedures behind that offensive line, uh, I mean, that's, that's a freaking nightmare for any quarterback, let alone one who's coming back from a couple different procedures. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt the tenacity and the uh, – the heart of Andrew Luck by any means, but uh, another procedure uh, I think is going to be terrible for this for this franchise. I mean, let's be honest. Between uh, between um, our former general manager and, and Jim Irsay, this uh, this franchise is, is quickly falling apart. And I don't understand uh, at this point why Jim Irsay hasn't been willing to give up a little bit of ownership to bring in Peyton Manning just to kind of soothe the uh, uprising between of the fans now. It, it it seems like there's just one constant mistake after another in this organization the last couple of years. Uh, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, it's just it's just to the point where we, we're ready to have a football team again. Maybe we're, we're spoiled with the Peyton Manning era and the playoffs, and, you know, maybe we, we just hate the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars is the AFC South uh, championship. I think if Luck could come back and, and he, he does everything he, he, he did yesterday, it said he did, and maybe it was more than just jib-jab, but I, I just walked away from that press conference thinking, eh, eh, nothing, eh. Okay. Why don't you tell me? I don't know what that was about. But anyway, so we'll get on into uh, the breaking uh, rink now, uh, brought to you by our AMVETS, uh, Rick Riggin, uh, very active with the AMVETS, and uh, helping bringing them on board with our show. So uh, talk with us a little bit about the AMVETS, what they've been doing in 2017, and what you guys are working on in 2018. Yep. Fighting for the benefits our veterans are entitled to since World War II. That's when AMVETS started, 1947, 1948, I believe. Uh, two years, so here in Indiana, it's 30 years for membership, so find your local MVETS post, get signed up. Don't even have to be a veteran. Well, and absolutely, and it's a great organization uh, for sure, and they'll even come out and get some stuff that you have to, to donate a, as well to the to the MVETS. Well, let's just start at the most recent poll. Uh, last night, uh, uh, the Ohio State gets a win over USC. Now, here's here's my thing on this, and I all right, we're going to get into Notre Dame when they play on Monday. Uh, but, Mo, we'll start with you. We'll kind of work our way around the horn here. Ohio State Buckeyes won. If you if you uh, bet against the spread on that, you probably won some money on that. But at the same time, I thought that we saw a very strong, defiant Ohio State Buc- Buckeye team. I did not was not impressed by the Trojans game at all. Uh, from the highlights that I've seen, I, I didn't get to see the whole game, but it just seemed to me like Ohio State came to win the bowl game, and USC said, "Okay, we're in a bowl game," and that's that's what it is. But more importantly, I think what it showed me was that maybe Ohio State really did deserve a spot in the championship, a playoffs. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the whole playoff uh, thing to me is. Uh, is just somewhat baffling. It, it's very regionalized to me this year, and I don't know that it'll have a national appeal uh, because you don't have any team from out west. You don't have uh, any team representing the northeast or the midwest. But Ohio uh, State played a good football game. What, what I want wonder about, uh, you know, maybe Ed can answer this better, is that did, did the performance last night of USC and Sam Donald did that uh, make any type of decision? For where he winds up now, uh, as in the draft, as a as a quarterback, or does he even come out 
uh, this year? That's the, the biggest question I had. I was waiting for a, a big performance from Sam Darnold last night, and we just didn't get it. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I think, you know, you kind of have to look at these bowl games, and, you know, that's just one piece of uh, ammunition that you have as an NFL general manager to look at is, is that bowl game. And you really have to look at his body of work over the last, what's he been the starter for two years, I guess. And, um, you know, you kind of have to look at that and you have to do the, you know, you have to look at the, the things you can measure like his arm strength and uh, his mobility and his ability to uh, dissect and all, uh, you know, defense when they're playing against them. And, you know, a lot of that stuff, they'll get a closer look at once the uh, combines roll around in the all-star games. But, you know, you mentioned, you wonder if he's going to come out, Mo. And I, you know, I was kind of surprised that of the approach that he took after that game. I thought he would come out and say, yeah, I'm leaving because I still think he's going to be a top five pick. I, I really do. I don't think he'll last. I know the Browns pick have two picks in the top five. I think one and five right now, uh, you know, and I, and I just don't think he'll get out of the top five. So I was a little surprised that he said, I'm going to go back and hang out with my friends and I'm going to look at everything. So he kind of left the door open that, that he might return. And uh, I, I don't see why, you know, how that would benefit him if he does. So I think he'll come out, but he did leave that door open a crack that he could go back to USC. Hey, Rick, what are your thoughts on that? Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, we talk about the bowl game. We talk about Sam Donald. <laughs> uh, bro, say, I, I just I don't want to get your thoughts on right that. Here. <laughs> well, the one thing with Sam Donald, I would say this year is we kind of see him with a little nagging ankle injury. So how's that going to play out during the off season? If he returns to college next year, uh, does that injury become a bigger thing? So uh, for me, I'm with that. I think he's going to come out. Uh, do the Browns want to get another quarterback? I mean, they've got like. 21st-round quarterbacks in that team, right? <laughs> it's just it's so predictable. It's like the Lions would always take a receiver in the first round up until about five or six years ago. Once Calvin Johnson uh, was kind of established on the team, they, they stopped picking receivers. But uh, It's funny the way the Browns do it, but I think Sam Darnold comes out. Uh, I don't know if he's the best coming out of college because there is Josh Rosen, there's Josh Allen, and then there's the kid, uh, his name escapes me, he's the quarterback from Missouri all good, talented quarterbacks also. So, uh, if thinks he's a top-five pick, uh, I'll go ahead and agree with that. So, so Ed, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about today's game, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, number 11, uh, Washington versus number 9, Penn State. Uh, Penn State's got uh, – Mo, we'll talk with you about the, the odds on that. Penn State's got – it's a, it's a uh, three-point uh, – three points to Penn State, I believe, it has the um, – as the favorite, uh, but Penn State, Washington, this should be a very good Fiesta Bowl uh, on ESPN today, uh, uh, Ed. Yeah, and I think it should be. You're right. Um, you know, and I give credit to Saquon Barkley. He's going to play in this game. He, he, you know, he's such a team player. The, you know, the Penn State running back that, you know, you see so many of these players deciding to sit out the bowl game now, not to risk injury. Uh, you know, especially a, a skill position kid, and yet Saquon Barkley's like, look, I'll, I'll take as many uh, hands offs as the coach wants to give me. I'll go out in patterns and I'll and I'll play, uh, I'll play just like this was a game in September. So, uh, it'll be a terrific game. There's there's a lot of players on the field that we'll see today that I think, you know, could be, uh, you know, playing in the NFL on Sunday. There's, uh, you know, the Penn State also has the safety Marcus Allen, who uh, I think is very good and. Uh, you know, Washington has the receiver uh, Pettis, who's uh, who, who could be playing uh, at the next. 
talent on the field uh, in that game, and that's certainly one that I'll, I'll be watching very closely. Rick, uh, Vegas got it right, three points to uh, Penn State today. Yeah, probably so. And for some reason, I feel like Washington struggles against teams like this. Uh, I don't know what it is about the, the Washington Huskies, but they do fine in the Pac-12 against these spread offense teams. But when they play against somebody more pro-style oriented, really big up for up physical, likes to run the ball to set up the rest of their uh, uh, their offense, uh, they struggle against teams like that. So I think Vegas has it right. Uh, I think Penn State's going to win this game probably by more than three. Mo, you're our resident gambling expert. Uh, Vegas got it right. Uh, Penn State uh, favored by three in the Fiesta Bowl today. Yeah, you know, and, and I think Rick's right. It, it, that is the, the case because Washington, if you watch them over the season, they really need to control the tempo of the game. And when they do play a pro-style offense with a good running back, like Rick said, they do struggle because they really are a team that needs to control the tempo. They they like to move fast in and out and and this will not give them the opportunity to do that. And, and Ed's right, too. You know, I think it's great that Saquon Barker is going to play, but I also think that Saquon Barker is going to play to try to show out in this game and prove why he should be possibly the number one pick for the Cleveland Browns. So I think he, him playing is great, and it's, it's great for the team, and I, I appreciate the fact that he's doing that. But I also think it's a, a chance for him to, to really show out because he kind of dipped off there after all the Heisman talk in November. He kind of – fell off a little bit and people kind of stopped talking about him. So I think it's a great chance for him to uh, really improve uh, people talking about him as we move into, uh, as he moves in towards the NFL draft. Yeah. One, one more other thing to keep well, uh, an eye on you guys. Is, I, I, I was just going to say one more, other, one more thing to keep an eye on too, is the, the Washington head coach, Chris Peterson. Uh, you wonder if this could be his last college game. I know there's been some talk that he's the kind of coach that can transition well into the NFL and you know, that, uh, Black Monday or whatever they call it when the NFL coaches get fired after the season and uh, it's going to, there's going to be several openings. So it'll be interesting to see if Chris Peterson uh, would be interested in making that next step into the NFL world. No, absolutely. And I, he's certainly one of the names that people have tossed around here for Indianapolis as well. So well, in a few minutes, we'll get into that coaching carousel, but definitely. Mo, so uh, uh, let's talk about the other game today, the Orange Bowl, Wisconsin. I, you know, I'm a Big Ten homer guy, so I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Wisconsin in this, but they are favored uh, by six against number 10 Miami Hurricanes. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, Miami disappointed towards the end of the season after uh, some big wins, including a, a huge win against Notre Dame. Uh, but for me, over the last three to four years, Wisconsin has really disappeared when it's come to big-time games, and that's concerning for me today. Uh, it, putting my money down, I'm putting my money on Miami. I'm taking the points uh, if the Miami team shows up that we saw earlier this year. But, again, I, I have so much concern. I've bet against uh, Wisconsin in every big-time uh, into the season game that I've could the last few years, and they they've always failed to deliver. So uh, I don't know that maybe Miami wins this game, but I like Miami and the points. We're uh, talking with Ed Kratz, our beat writer, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor, uh, Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, and Mo from the BS Sports Show. Uh, this is Breaking Rake, part of our show, brought to you by the Ambets. Get out to the Ambets in. Uh, support them and a very very good cause i would say in 2018 if there's one cause that you can support it's definitely the amvets uh uh rick let's uh, uh talk a little bit about uh, number six wisconsin against number 10 miami 
Actually, uh, you know, this year against uh, Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, uh, I actually liked what I saw from Wisconsin. I mean, they came back in that game. They tore up the end zone. The guy had to fix the field. So uh, I liked how they came, came back. They hung tough with, with Ohio State. I think Wisconsin's going to get it done against Miami uh, in this bowl game. Ed, uh, what are your thoughts on the Orange Bowl? Yeah, I, you know, I'm looking forward to this game as well. I, you know, I think, you know, being at the Orange Bowl, there should be a heavy Miami contingent. You know, it should be a home field advantage for Miami. But you know, I think Wisconsin fans will travel well to get out of the, the snow and the cold of Wisconsin and head down to Florida for a few days of vacation and check out the game. But uh, so that might be the equalizer in terms of home field. But I, you know, I like Rick's right. I mean, I, Wisconsin showed a little grit coming back. I think if they can establish the run game uh, early on against Miami uh, and keep Miami's offense off the field, that Miami did hit hit a bit of a tailspin. Um, but I think if they can keep Miami's offense off the field, control the clock, I think Wisconsin can win this game. I don't know what the point spread is. I'm sure Mo does, though. But I, I think Wisconsin can win this game. Yeah, plus uh, Wisconsin's favorite by kind of, it, it, Yeah, and their quarterback's uh, last name is kind of fun to say. So, yeah, there's no reason why I'm going for Wisconsin <laughs> in this one. Alex Hornibrook. All right, guys, let's yeah. get our, our thoughts on, <laughs> on, on one <laughs> <laughs> Let's get our thoughts on on the, all these bowl games, but well, one more uh, Big Ten Homer game. I tell you what, I really uh, enjoyed watching uh, Purdue uh, get that win uh, this earlier this week, Mo. Yeah, you know it's uh, it, it's nice to see Purdue back in a bowl game and, and getting the win in the Foster Farmers Bowl. And uh, you know they they lucked out because they were real close to losing their head coach Jeff Brom and. And, you know, probably another year there for him, and, and he's probably adios. But uh, it, it's nice to see uh, Purdue and their football team uh, actually uh, be respectable again. Rick, what were your thoughts on the Purdue game? Yeah, it's actually a great win. I actually had Arizona in that game only because of a Khalil Tate for Arizona. Their quarterback is probably going to be – he's a Heisman candidate for next season for sure, maybe even the favorite. So, that was a really great win. And like most of they got lucky and they got to keep their head coach. So, that's a great program win. But I, I figure Arizona might get that in the fighting Rich Rods. Ed, uh, what are your thoughts on the Purdue game? Well, I hope, I hope it's the impetus that uh, the school and the president and the athletic director need to kind of upgrade the facilities there, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. be able to compete with some of these upper tier uh, big 10 schools. And I, and I'm glad Brom's sticking around. I hope, you know, I hope he does stick around. I guess he was, <laughs> he was all signed, sealed and delivered to Tennessee there for a little while until he wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> it's yeah, nice really to wasn't. see him stay there. And uh, yeah, and, ho- and hopefully, you know, like I said, I hope that uh, Purdue can use this to kind of build some momentum and get some facilities that, that will help them compete against, you know, the top or uh, the upper echelon Big Ten teams. Well, yeah, and it was – I'm glad we're not talking about the Tennessee coaching uh, position anymore. So, yeah, it's, it was good to see <laughs> Purdue in a bowl game. Uh, <laughs> it was good to see Purdue in a bowl game. Uh, they beat out IU to get into a bowl game. And so next year what we're going to do is we're going to have the Scrubby Bubbles uh, Toilet Bowl game. And that's the, that goes to the two teams with, with their worst records uh, uh, do battle in uh, uh, Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> you know, you have two teams hey, with I, terrible I, records. Actually makes for pretty good football games. You ever realize that? You ever watch just two bad teams play each other? It's really good. It's really good games. 
You know, was it Buffalo and Central Michigan this year that went 73 to 70 in like seven or eight overtimes? Those were terrible teams. Awesome game to watch. <laughs> hey, I, I read, yeah, I read yeah, somewhere where Anchorage, Anchorage, Alaska is only five degrees uh, cooler than what it's been here in the Northeast. So, you know, I, I would love to go to Anchorage, Alaska and cover that game. I'll tell you what, it has been bitter cold. I think I sent you guys a text. It was like uh, three. <laughs> one At one yeah. point, it was one degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 uh, I think it was Tuesday afternoon. I looked at my weather bug, and it was zero. So, <laughs> so uh, we we climbed up to double digits. So we're we're I think eleven today is where we're at here in Indianapolis with a with a pretty good snowstorm yesterday. And I know Mo, you got probably more snow than we did. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, get back to track. That's a heat wave. That. <laughs> that's right. That's called a heat wave, uh, right? <laughs> that's right. Going all the heat way up wave. to eleven from zero degrees. That's a that's a heat wave. Uh, that's right. We get bringing out the shorts and, and what have you. So, uh, you know, talking about the bowl games, now this is the honest truth. I bring out a little trivia uh, for you guys. From 1947 to 1955, played in Phoenix, Arizona, was the Salad Bowl. True story. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was played in Phoenix, and uh, uh, the last time they played it was uh, December 31st, 1955. Um and that was a uh, called the Border All Stars, and then the the year before that, I mean in January, I'm sorry, in January '55 was the Skyline All Stars. So you got teams like Nevada, Drake, Xavier, Miami, Ohio, Houston, San Diego, and um, Fort Ord was the for the syllable. Just just an FYI. Uh, trivia for you guys on on that as we go into uh, 2018 tomorrow. I mean Monday. I'm sorry is the uh, uh, the the climax of it all, if you will. And we've got the Peach Bowl, we've got the Rose Bowl, we got the Sugar Bowl, and we've got the Rose Bowl Parade. To me, that's the best thing to watch is the Rose Bowl Parade. So we'll we'll kind of uh, go go down through that. We got the Peach Bowl. Mo, we'll start with you. I, I mean Auburn's got uh, the favorite on this of. Um, of Chen and uh, UCF versus Auburn on, on ESPN. Thoughts on this? Now, if, if UCF finds a way to beat Auburn, this is earth-shattering news. Yeah, but you know what? Their offense is explosive and a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's, it's going to be kind of bittersweet for uh, UCF with Scott Frost leaving going to Nebraska. Uh, Auburn is a, is a very good team, but we've, we've seen them, uh, you know, recently – uh, just, you know, not show up for games, too. But uh, this Auburn team, it, it, it's a good all-around team. Uh, the defense at times at UCF in some games this year has been lacking. But I'm going to take, take UCF. Uh, Ed, how big of a game is this for UCF to beat Auburn? I mean, I don't think anybody expects that to happen. But if you're like Mo and you're going to take the points and you're going to earn yourself a little money because they will cover the spread probably. Uh, but Auburn is favored by 10, and that's the spread on that. Ed? Wow, that's a big spread. Um, I think UCF, uh, UCF can hang in this game. I mean, I think they probably felt a little disrespected all year, right? I mean, they're they're an undefeated team, I think, right? They they haven't lost, and uh, yet here they are, you know, 12th in the country. I think they're going to try to go out and play for respect, but you have to wonder, losing their coach, how that's going to impact the team and, uh, you know, some of the players that are going to be uh, coming back next year. Really, they don't 
you know, they're not out to impress the, the, the coach because he's leaving. So we'll just have to see how that plays into the game, too. I, I don't know if I'd give up those points and take them. I, I would probably take Auburn to, with the points in this one. Rick, uh, UCF versus Auburn. Yeah, that's the uh, uh, stole my point really. Uh, you know, with Scott Frost uh, going to Nebraska now, I think that's probably the uh, the difference in the game here. Uh, Ten points maybe sounds about right because I think Auburn is just going to be a little more physical than UCF and control the line, uh, control the running game, and you know, without Scott Frost there, I, that's just a you know, that's a big difference in the game. So nice season for UCF and a great ball game against a great team, but. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be all it's going to be there because I think Auburn's going to probably win by the 10 points. No, we move on to the Rose Bowl. Here's two teams that we talked about all year long. Two teams really, I, I tell you what, Georgia and, and Oklahoma, to me, the Rose Bowl, even though I know it's New Year's Day and it's cliche to say, but this is the game to watch on New Year's Day, and that is Georgia versus number two, Oklahoma. I mean, uh, Georgia only has a two-and-a-half-point spread. This is going to be a battle among battles, if you will, on New Year's Day. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I I picked Oklahoma as my national champion, so I think they win this game so outright. So uh, if you believe that, then this would be a money line play to uh, make some extra cash. But, uh, you know, I like Baker Mayfield so much. I like his grit. I like – I like his tenacity. I, I just like his fire and, and the fact that he's so angry and always feels like he's playing because he feels disrespected. Uh, I, I like this uh, this Oklahoma football team. You know, I don't know that their their defense uh, is as good as Georgia's, but I, I think Baker Mayfield makes up for that. I like Oklahoma to win this football game outright. Baker Mayfield, the crotch-grabbing Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> and, uh, and what are your thoughts on uh, Georgia versus uh, Oklahoma? Yeah, isn't this a, an offensive uh, – Auburn's offense against Georgia's defense, I think, right? I mean, Georgia's defense is very good. All, uh, Oklahoma's offense is very good. And in those scenarios, I usually like the defense uh, to rise up and find a way to win. So I like Georgia in this game. I like Baker Mayfield, too. I think he's one of five or six quarterbacks that could get drafted in the first round in the NFL come uh, April. But, you know, we'll wait and see about that. But I, I do like Baker Mayfield like most of I like him a lot. But – I just think Georgia's defense is going to find a way to, to win this game. Uh, Rick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Georgia's going to really step up on defense because, like Ed said, it is Oklahoma's offense versus the defense of Georgia. Uh, I, I do think Baker Mayfield finds a way. Uh, I don't think it's going to be your typical Oklahoma where they run the score up to, you know, they've put about half a century in points, put about 50 points. But it, it, it's going to be a lot closer. But I do think Baker Mayfield finds a way to get it done. And I'm hoping that is the way it goes because I just think Oklahoma and Clemson is a damn sexy national championship game. That's what I'm rooting for. Not as sexy as you, Rick Rickett. We're going to be losing our uh, – well, We're going to be losing our, our – <laughs> We're going to be uh, losing our stream to our affiliate stations. We're going to be losing our stream in 60 seconds. So in 60 seconds, we'll be moving over to our The Balance Extra. Never fear if you're listening to us on the podcast. You don't know it's any different. And thank you for listening to us. Make sure you've hit subscribe. And you can find us on iTunes and tune in uh, as well. Uh, featured podcast there as well. So we'll move on into the balance next year. We've got one more game to talk about, and then we'll talk about some of these, uh, uh, some more NFL stuff. But, Mo, uh, number four, Alabama 
A roll tide against number one Clemson. I mean, who's tired of seeing this matchup? Deja vu, been there, done that. Alabama favored by three. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I'm taking another underdog. I, I like Clemson in this football game. I, I think Clemson has improved as the season's gone on. Uh, you know, Alabama is feel like the same Alabama team we see every year. Uh, but, you know, Clemson with a, a different uh, different quarterback this year with Deshaun Watson going to the NFL. I, and I think he's played phenomenal all year other than the time when he had been out uh, injured. I like Clemson again in this football game. I think they take care of Alabama, so I'm going to take another underdog. And you don't ever feel bad when you're taking uh, the underdog who's number one in the country. I'm taking Clemson and the points. <laughs> in what universe are, are we in? The, the underdog is the number one team in the country. Uh, Ed, go ahead. Uh, I think Alabama, to me, has been the best team in the country all season long. I know they slipped up against uh, you know Auburn in a big rival game, but uh, I, I think Alabama's going to win win this game, and I, I have a feeling they're going to end up being the national champions. I think they'll find a way to beat Clemson, uh, kind of avenge the loss that they had to them last year. I like Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, and I, I just think Alabama's been the best team all year, and I think they're going to prove to be the best team. Uh, once all is said and done a week from, uh, what, Monday, I guess, after the national championship game on January 8th. So I, think, I just think Alabama's just too good. Rick, what are your thoughts? Alabama? Yeah, I'm going to uh, disagree with that and agree with Mo, and I can't believe Clemson's actually an underdog in this game. Uh, Alabama's pretty good defense. Uh, they're not great on defense this year. In offense, it's really four players to worry about. Both Scarborough, Damian Harris, just two running backs. If you can slow them down, you're great. Because Jalen Hurts' problem is, if Ridley's not immediately open, then he just takes off running. So, I, I do think uh, Clemson's going to have their defense set for that. They know that's going to be coming. And that, that's what I think is going to be the difference in the game. I think Clemson's going to win. All right, guys, we've moved on to the balance extra. If you're listening to us now, you're certainly listening to us on our, our podcast, and we appreciate you listening to us on TuneIn or iTunes and featured podcasts there as well. Make sure you hit subscribe and hit save on TuneIn because here's the great thing about it is once we, we upload and you hit subscribe, you're going to get a notification on your phone. Hey, the balance is uploaded, a new episode. you got to stop everything that you're doing at that point and just uh, hit play uh, for two hours of uh, enjoyment, if you will, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joining us is Ed Kratz, our, uh, the beat writer for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and USA Today, our official NFL contributor, our official college football contributor, and all-around partner of crime, Rick Rickin from Evansville, Indiana, and... Mo from the BS Sports Show, who just tells us where to put our money at, that's for sure. Guys, we're going to combine the, a little bit here in the balance extra of uh, the the draft picks and the possibilities of what's going on in the draft with college football coaching uh, th- team. So, obviously, we know the Browns aren't getting a new coach. Still scratching my head about that, Ed. So, we, we know that the Cleveland has the number one pick, okay? Uh, so uh, we would think that Indianapolis has the number four pick because we would think that we're going to win tomorrow. But let's just say that we, we go with – that's the, the the theory that we're going with, and the Colts have the number four pick. But the Cleveland Browns, number one pick. Tell me what your thoughts about Sam Darnold uh, going to Cleveland and also Alex Smith being traded to Cleveland. <laughs> well, uh you know, Alex Smith could go there. Alex Smith could go to Denver. Denver's going to need a quarterback. I, you know, I think the Browns are going to have two picks in the top five, right? I think they're scheduled to pick one and five at this point. So, 
you know, they don't necessarily have yeah, to go with a quarterback at one. Whatever. Yeah, I, so I don't think they need to go with a quarterback at one. They can go, uh, you know, with a quarterback with their second pick, which will be fifth, I guess, or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I think there's going to be several quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. Um, do you necessarily need to take one, number one? I don't think so, especially if, the, like you said, they go out and get Alex Smith uh, to kind of run the show for a year or two until whoever they take is ready. Uh, it's not really the way things are done anymore in the NFL. It's typically, if you pick a quarterback high, he's he's starting sooner rather than later. Uh, so I'm not sure which way the Browns will go. I, I wouldn't take a quarterback number one if I was them because they have that second early pick. I'd probably go with more of a pressing need and Heaven knows the Browns have plenty of pressing needs. Uh, Rick, what are your thoughts? Cleveland Browns first round pick, Sam Darnold, or should they go with somebody else? I think somebody else. I'm with Ed. They should probably go Saquon Barkley, number one, and then their fifth pick, uh, go defense. Because they're going to need help on both sides of the ball. Uh, I know Kaiser hasn't lived up to whatever hype he was supposed to live up to, but at the same time, I mean, the whole team is terrible around him anyway, so how good can he actually really be, or was he supposed to be? So maybe they still try to grow him, put some pieces around him like Saquon Barkley, and uh, we'll see what happens. But no, I don't think they should take quarterback at all. No? Well, you know, I mean, another interesting one maybe to watch is uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, if if, uh, him and Washington don't come to a deal. I mean, he'll be another guy floating out there. He's not somebody, if I was Cleveland, that I would take because you're not ready to win right now. Uh, but, you know, if, if I'm the Browns, I definitely, with a terrible product that we've been for the last couple of years, I want to give my fans reasons to come out. Uh, you know, obviously you want to build to win at some point, but right now I want to give fans a reason to come out. So I, I take Saquon Barkley first. And then if it's me, if, I, if I'm running the Cleveland Browns, I'm taking Baker Mayfield, and here's why. Because I want a quarterback that's got a, a, a chip on his shoulder, and, and he's got a humongous chip on his shoulder. I think he's the type of attitude at quarterback that the Browns need. And so if it's me, I, I draft Saquon Barkley first, and I take Baker Mayfield with the, uh, with the fifth pick, and then I kind of fill in some defensive needs. But I definitely give uh, my new quarterback some weapons. That's one thing that they've lacked. They, they got the return of Josh Gordon, but they don't have a lot of weapons for their quarterbacks to throw to. So, uh, you know, that's how I would build the draft on the Cleveland Browns. Well, here's what I think is going to happen with the Cleveland Browns. They probably are stupid enough to draft a, a quarterback and, and, and not listening to this show and just, you know, or, or but, you know, the thing is with the Alex uh, Smith scenario. But also I think, they, I think they'll end up with the number three or the number four pick, depending on how Indianapolis does tomorrow. But we'll just assume uh, that they have the, uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the number five pick. I apologize. We'll just assume they have the number five pick going with Indianapolis having the number four pick. Uh, and they obviously trade that up through Houston, but I like this this uh, guy from Alabama, Fitzpatrick, uh, Makia Fitzpatrick, uh, for a good uh, option for the Cleveland Browns. Also, uh, Ed, now we move on to a team that you're very well familiar with. We've, we're seeing the error, end of the error of Eli Manning. Where does he end up? A lot of people say Jacksonville. I don't think so. I think where he ends up at, believe it or not, is Kansas City because they can they need to get rid of Alex Smith because of the cap space. Uh, Eli Manning's not going to require as much money as far as interfering with the cap, and you can maybe speak to this better than I can, Ed. Uh, but I think Eli Manning ends up at, at Kansas City. Kansas City trades 
uh, over to Cleveland with Alex Smith, and that could be totally way off on that. But certainly uh, in the number two pick, the, 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 the Giants need to pick their next franchise quarterback, and that's no, none other than Josh Rosen from UCLA. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, I, I like Mo's point about Kirk Cousins. You can't forget about Kirk Cousins and all this. And, in fact, the Giants and the Redskins are playing on Sunday, and, you know, that could be the uh, end of the line for both those quarterbacks with their teams. Uh, I don't know if Eli goes to Kansas City. I think Kansas City is ready to go turn the reins over to Patrick Mahomes, who they drafted very high. Uh, I think if Alex Smith does leave KC, it's Mahomes' job. I, I could see Eli landing in Denver, kind of taking that same path that his brother Peyton took. Uh, and then where does Kirk Cousins fit in? Somebody's going to have to pay him a ton of money because he's been one of the top quarterbacks these last few years. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards three straight years. Uh, I, it's hard for me to believe that Washington can't find a way to get a long-term deal done with him, but uh, it doesn't look like they really want to do that. So, you know, he could be on the market. Uh, so where these guys land is going to impact what takes place in the draft, you know, because these are veteran quarterbacks who were built to win. Uh, of course, Eli could stay in New York, too. Their new G- general manager they just hired this week, Dave Gettleman, uh, said that they he thinks they'll be moving along with Eli as their quarterback. That remains to be seen. It could just be cheap talk heading into the final game of the year. Uh, I know Eli wants to stay in New York. Uh, so, to me, I think Eli probably stays put or goes to Denver. Uh, and and I, who knows where Kirk Cousins ends up. Jimmy Garoppolo has proven to be terrific in San Fran. They don't need a quarterback. Uh, but there are teams out there that could use someone like Kirk Cousins. I don't know who it is, but we're going to find out soon enough. Well, you know, here's the thing. I think that Kansas City has to get rid of Alex Smith. They just can't afford him uh, and, and be able to, to do anything uh, going forward. So they have to figure out something to do with Alex Smith. And we'll see if they go to the Super Bowl like I think they will uh, and they manage to win, which I don't think they will. I think the Eagles will win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's a, there's a spot there. So, guys, we're running out of time for our balanced extra, so we certainly want to talk about the Indianapolis Colts, the changing uh, that, that where they're at. Uh, whether they're at number three or number four, we have got to find somebody to protect Andrew Luck. I, I like this tackle from Texas. The problem is you've got to keep these, these guys healthy. It's hard to do in the NFL this, this time around, uh, this this in this era, I'm sorry, uh, but uh, you know this kid out of te- uh, Texas, Mo, uh, the tackle. Uh, I think he, that he he'll at least be a step in the right move. Uh, right direction whether or not we have the three or the four pick I don't know that they'll trade up or trade down maybe they'll trade down because there is the possibility of, of, of Ballard doing well wants to do well in the free agency which the Colts have money to do so maybe that's kind of their their thought pattern that we're not so concerned about the draft we want to build from what's proven in the free agency uh, so we'll talk about that and then thoughts on the on the coaching change that we know is going to happen hopefully they let us know that 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 decision is final after the game on Sunday. I hope they don't let him flap around in the wind and, you know, drag this out. Just let's get it done. Let's get it over with. Go ahead, Mo. Well, I mean, as far as the coaching change goes, I, I, I mean, I assume it's going to happen, but, you know, we've seen stranger things happen in Indianapolis, and, and I don't want to see the wrong coach hired. You know, sometimes – uh, we want to we want to pick a hot coordinator or a coordinator that uh, your GM's familiar with, but sometimes some coordinators just aren't built to be head coaches. So, as as much as I assume that Chuck Pagano's gone, the coaching search of the Indianapolis Colts uh, concerns the hell out of me. 
Uh, as far as the, them drafting an offensive lineman, there's nobody that blows me away. There's no, I really don't feel like right now that there's a, a Joe Thomas that stands out. Uh, so to me, one of the biggest needs the Colts have is a, is a pass rusher. Uh, you know, we haven't seen that since the days of Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney. So I think the Colts, uh, if they're going to draft high, really need to uh, uh, consider uh, a pass rusher. Uh, and I, I think uh, there's a couple of good ones in the ACC and SEC both. Uh, and then if they're going to do for agency, maybe that's where you look to build your line, get some proven guys who can play the offensive line uh, in the NFL. We saw a great pickup by the Rams this year with uh, Whitworth from Cincinnati, who's done wonders for that offensive line. So maybe you look at, you don't get a guy who's past his prime, but you get a guy who's a proven uh, offensive lineman, uh, you know, in, in the NFL. And that's the way the Colts do it. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of concerns. The, the draft has been so bad uh, for the Colts for the last couple of years that uh, it just, it, it concerns the hell out of me. I, you know, I want to be excited because the Colts have a high draft pick, but now you've got to come through and make it, uh, and make it so, make some quality picks. And, and I, I don't know that the Colts are, are ready to do that yet. Well, guys, let's get the final thoughts. And uh, certainly anything you guys want to add, that's fine. But I think uh, Baker Mayfield, we don't see him draft until the seven draft, uh, seven spot by the Jets. The Jets pick up uh, Baker Mayfield. Go ahead, um, uh, Mo. Ed, I'm sorry. Ed, apologize. Uh, yeah, I, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks. You know, Mason Rudolph, I think, at Oklahoma State could get picked. And the kid from Wyoming, Josh Allen, was a hot prospect coming into the season. He didn't have the year everybody wanted. So, uh, you know, there's going to be – you know, and don't forget Lamar Jackson at Louisville. Louisville plays in the Tax Slayer Bowl, I think, against uh, – uh, I'm not sure who it is, but I think they play on Saturday. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, is, to me, is one of the most underrated prospects in the you know in college football. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks available in the draft, especially in the first round. And then, you know, we already talked about some quarterbacks that will be free agents, and Eli, perhaps, I'm not so sure of that, but Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, you know, there's going to be proven winners, NFL quarterback winners that are going to be available too. So, uh, you know, the market's going to, you know, once these – all-star games and the combine come around, it's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on what teams are doing and what, you know, who's talking to who as far as quarterbacks that are uh, going to be competing in the, in the off season and in these all-star games and at the combine. Thoughts. And I want to get your thoughts on Mike McGlitchy with Notre Dame going to the Bengals in the number 10 pick. Yeah, I was going to say, when Mo and you guys were talking about offensive line woes for the Colts, uh, maybe the Colts shouldn't look any further than here in the state of Indiana, Michael Glinchy and Quentin Nelson up at Notre Dame, maybe the best two offensive line guys, left side of the line guys, uh, you know, in, in the country. So they're definitely going to go high in the first round. Uh, what are your thoughts, though, when they do uh, – Black Monday is uh, coming up, fast approaching, and they're probably going to get rid of Pagano on that day, or at least Sunday night or something like that. Uh, who is out there? Who is a, a popular candidate for the uh, head coaching search for the Colts? Because you always hear, you see, if you want to believe internet rumors, and maybe Harbaugh wants to flirt and get back into the uh, flirt the NFL and get back into coaching you know, on the pros again. But I don't see Harbaugh leaving Michigan because now he's got a you know, big time recruiting class coming in. But uh, who are the guys out there? Maybe Ed, uh, just ask you that because you probably know better than us. Well, it, well, Josh McDaniels is the, you know, the offensive coordinator. You know, he's a hot prospect. You know who I really like, and I'm not sure he's quite ready yet. But it's the offensive coordinator with the Rams, Matt Lafleur. I think you know he's a young kid, uh, but he's 
been in college. He's been in the pros. He's, you know, he's got that well-rounded experience. He's young, but look at Sean McVay did when he went to take over the Rams. So, you know, Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur has spent a year under McVay. I think he, you know, he's somebody that could be uh, of interest to some teams. And of course, defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz in Philadelphia is getting mentioned as a head coach possibility, maybe uh, with the New York giants. And then the Eagles also have a quarterbacks coach in John D. Filippo. Uh, who used to be the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. Uh, he's getting some mention. Uh, so you have to look at the teams that are doing well and some of those coordinators, even Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator with the Eagles. These guys are going to get interviews. Whether or not they get a head job, we'll see. Uh, we talked about Chris Peterson at the University of Washington. Uh, you know, I think he's been mentioned with the Colts. David Shaw in Stanford is another guy who I think could win in the NFL. It's just a matter of uh, you know, luring him away from Stanford. I know he loves it there. Uh, but, you know, those are two names in college uh, in the college ranks that could interest some teams. Uh, I, to me, I would go with an offensive mind, knowing that you're probably going to have to find a quarterback. I, if I'm the Colts, I'm, progre- I'm, you know, I'm proceeding like luck is not going to help me, and I'm going to have to find a quarterback someplace. And, uh, you know, I would make my next coach in Indianapolis an offensive-minded uh, person. And there's going to be some of those out there that, like I said, Josh McDaniels is a possibility, and, and even Chris Peterson uh, if you want to kind of take a, a flyer on a college guy, the last college guy, Chip Kelly, didn't work out too well, uh, but that doesn't mean that the next guy won't. Well, guys, that's going to have to uh, call it. We're going to have to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. So we'll start with you, Mo. Where can people find your work and your masterpieces and stock here or whatever they got in mind for you, sir? Uh, on Twitter, at Mo Radio Show. Mo, uh, what are you doing for New Year's? Oh, you know, uh, nothing, you know, just nothing, trying to nothing. trying to stay alive, nothing. Trying to stay alive, <laughs> I get you, I, I understand. I'm going to try not to fall off my porch the, uh, this weekend. Uh, Ed, where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? Well, you can hit me on Twitter at Kratze, K-R-A-C-Z-E, and then uh, you know, I tweet all my links, or you can hit up uh, theeaglewire.usatoday.com, and there's Eagles stuff there, but uh, Twitter's the best place, at Kratze.com. Rick Riggin, where can people find your work in Masterpieces? That's at Riggin underscore Rick's where I do all my best work. So at Riggin underscore Rick, I like to argue with people and everything like that on Twitter. So yeah, I, I respond, I reply, and uh, I get triggered. So go ahead and hit me up at Riggin underscore Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, there you go. If you want to troll Rick, there you go, guys. This is the last show of the year. We wish everybody a happy new year. We'll see you guys uh, next year. Remember, guys, don't drink and drive. Go out there and have a good time. But just, you know, call an Uber. It's too easy to not drink and drive. It's just like it's it's second nature. So don't do that. Be safe. My name is Tom Mark with Sale Presidente. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next Saturday, next year, uh, right here on the Balance Radio Network. I'm out of here. Happy dude. New Year. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.